The Wolves provide an early Christmas gift as Rudy Gobert and company roll to a 110-98 win in Sacramento. Jack Borman and I talking about it on the Locked On Wolves postcast. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Basketball Party on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It's another Wolves After Dark, Locked On Wolves postcast, Jack Borman. I'm Sam Ekstrom filling in for the postcaster general, Luke Inman, who's off here for the holiday. It's great to be with you again tonight after another great Wolves win, 110-98, the final score in Sacramento. The Wolves threatened briefly at the end, mostly a cruise control victory for Minnesota with some terrific individual performances. Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Jaden McDaniels, Mike Conley. Same story, it feels like, as two nights ago, honestly, as the Wolves come up with a big road win. Talking about all of that on tonight's show, which is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code all lowercase NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Jack Borman, give me the first word, man. What would you think of tonight? Yeah, I mean, you just have to like the resiliency that you saw at the end. But for me, I think this this game really started in the first quarter with the way the Timberwolves were able to set the tone getting into the paint. Um, so that was that was something that really was a theme throughout um, throughout tonight. In the first quarter, the Timberwolves had 24 points in the paint. That was their uh, season high uh, for a first quarter and, and tied for for their best quarter overall this season in the paint. Um, you know, the, the Kings did – you know what they did the last time where they kind of showed two on the ball uh, on Anthony Edwards playing in that kind of high wall, you know, hedging, uh, hard hedging concept uh, in, in the pick and roll with Ant to force it out of his hands. Um, and he did a great job of getting off of it early. And uh, and, and we saw the Wolves really pivot to, to more of that Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert pick and roll, Kyle Anderson, who was filling in for Carl. Uh, slow-mo and, and Rudy pick and roll. And they did a great job. Rudy had three lob dunks uh, in the first in the first quarter. Um, and Ant did a great job of, of getting downhill as well. Um, and so that that really just snowballed. I mean, they ended up having 44 points in the paint at halftime, which was their most in a half um, so far this season. Then they ended up finishing, um, what was it here, with 66 points in the paint, which was a season high for the Timberwolves, um, while also playing some great defense. Um, you know, the Kings got off to a really slow start from three. Um, they were all of, I think they were all of eight from, from three in the first quarter. And, and this was the first game uh, of the season for Sacramento that they did not uh, hit 10 threes in the game. They only finished with, with eight threes tonight. So I think those two big things, um, you know, obviously being able to, to come back and, and hold Sacramento to eight threes after, um, you know, allowing them to shoot 17 of, of 35 in that in-season tournament game yeah. at Target Center, uh, which was, uh, you know, supposed to be a huge game, was a packed house, and the Kings really sucked all the energy out of the building. Um, so it was it was nice to see the uh, the Wolves return the favor for at least the first three three quarters and change before the, the Kings really start to, started to get back into it. Yeah, you build the 20-plus point lead, and then you brace for the Kings to finally turn it on. And the dam broke, and it, they threw it all at the Wolves late, and even faced with a 17-2 run against them late. The Wolves still hit some huge shots. McDaniels, Edwards, Connolly in the closing minutes to ice this thing. Again, you can find Jack's work at Canis Hoopus. Don't want to forget about that. Find his post-game work there uh, and find me here at Lockdown Sports Minnesota as people continue trickling in here on the Lockdown Wolves postcast. 
Rudy Gobert, probably the biggest story tonight for the Wolves, I would say, a plus 27, which was one off the team lead. Mike Conley, a plus 28. But Rudy, 21 and 17 offensive boards, half a dozen of them, so impactful. And I, I know a lot of people, and I think, Jack, you might have been in this mix on the Minnesota basketball party, saying that the Sacramento Kings were a tough matchup for the Timberwolves because they're kind of their antithesis. Um, and they beat them earlier in the year. But I was always quick to remind people, too, that the Wolves went 3-1 and one against this team last year, and they are the Kings' antithesis. They're big. They've got size the Kings just can't compete with. And tonight, I think we saw that size won out. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you, I mean, Jim Jim P talked about it all night long on the broadcast, how much success Rudy Gobert has had playing against Demonis Sabonis in, in this Kings team in general over the last handful of seasons, um, you know, dating back to, to when he was in Utah. Um, and that certainly continued tonight. I think that this was one of the most active uh, games we've seen from Rudy Gobert on, on both sides. I mean, you saw in the first quarter, he had probably, you know, three or four really hotly contested rebounds. I mean, and, and I, I know, you know, you've probably played some pickup basketball in your day. I know I have, you know, playing intramurals. It was like playing Demonis Sabonis is like playing a guy who played, you know, guard or tackle in football in high school and uh you know is just throwing his elbows and his shoulders and his whole body into your back and making every you know defensive rebound really tough and uh and he did a great job coming away with rebounds um and then you know the Timberwolves did a great job of running off of those and, and when Rudy Gobert is able to contest and get rebounds and quickly outlet the ball I mean you, you see the Timberwolves be able to get out and run right you know they've got great athletes to be able to run in transition they've got you know, two really good transition handlers and Mike Conley and Kyle Anderson. And when you can kind of get them in the same, um, you know, in the same lineup, especially with someone like Gobert that can just close out possessions. Um, you see the Timberwolves do a great job of, of running in transition. And they obviously tried to do that uh, more so tonight with the Kings being on the second night of a back-to-back -back and uh, paid off with, with 28 points uh, on the fast break to just five for Sacramento. Um, and so a lot of that has to do with, you know, what Gobert was able to do, um, you know, really, uh, you know, just making shots tough, um, especially contesting on uh, on guys like Harrison Barnes and, and Sabonis, especially um, in, inside when they were trying to finish. So uh, a great night from him, from from him, from Rudy, and and obviously that helps when when pick and rolls, you know, a, a more steady uh, part of the diet on, for the Timberwolves on the offensive end, especially with with Ant getting doubled and, and no cat. Yeah, Wolves now twenty two and six with the win, two in a row after that. Uh, setback a couple games ago. Wolves win by 12 tonight. Anthony Edwards, 27 points again. I believe he had 27 against the Lakers, too. And I told Tyler Metcalf, I said, if Anthony Edwards could have just finished some left-handed layups tonight, he would have had 35. Well, tonight, he did the left-handed layup thing beautifully. He was finishing so strongly. It was the out outside shots that prevented him from having 35-40. I think he was over on his heat check threes. A few too many times down, no passes, the, the heat check threes. A lot of times they go in for him. That's the only nitpick tonight for Ant, who, again, was uh, marvelous. Yeah, 10 of 15 from, from two-point range, 3 of 12 uh, from three-point range for Ant. He had 34 and 10. Um, so so you're right. He would have gone over, you know, 35 had he could had he could have just, you know, made one more three or took, you know, one more, uh, you know, shot at the rim instead of settling for a three. Um, I, I think – you know, what Ant's done so well this year compared to even last year, two seasons ago, uh, when, you know, they played the Memphis series is that, you know, opposing defenses would really pressure Ant and he would just kind of shut down. Um, he, he would, you know, really become pretty passive, would struggle to get off the ball early um, so that the Timberwolves could kind of make one more pass and play on the second side of the floor. 
Um, but he's been so good at that this season. And, and tonight was another example of it in where, you know, he got off of it early and he trusted that the game script would kind of come back to him. And that's exactly what happened. And that Sacramento kind of had to move away from being quite as aggressive above the break to try to, you know, protect against some of that backside empty pick and roll for, you know, slow-mo and go bear or Conley and go bear. Um, and that allowed Ant to, to see more, um, you know, standard pick and roll coverage, drop coverage that he was able to, uh, to get downhill and score against. And the thing is, is, you know, the Kings have, z- have zero rim protectors on this roster. And so the more that, you know, Ant's able to get past that first line of defense and just stay in attack mode downhill, the better, the better it got for him. Um, and so uh, that, that was obviously great. And then he did a great job running in transition, right? You saw those, those five quick points that he had right at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Obviously one had that, that pick six and then, and then the, you know, obviously the and one right at the end. <laughs> Um, to put the cherry on top. And and so the more that, you know, Ant's able to get out and run, I think, and kind of create some of those big highlight plays, I think that just gets him going um, and gets him in a rhythm and just feels like no one can stop him when he gets in that mode and, and wants to get downhill and attack. And so I think the more the, the Timberwolves can get out and run, I think the better we're going to see Anthony Edwards here, um, you know, down the stretch. And I think the faster the Timberwolves will play too, if, if Carl's going to miss another another game or two here potentially. I thought the slow Euro step that Ant had on his final and one would have made Kyle Anderson blush. It was the (laughs) slowest step I've ever seen. It was like eight seconds after the whistle. He was putting up the shot for the and one. Uh, That was great, though. Cherry on top as they stem the tide. They didn't let what and this is just where my mind goes. I'm thinking like this is like game three of the 2004 Western semifinals where Peja got really hot late. That that's where my <laughs> mind went in this game because it was the Kings. I gotta stop. I gotta stop doing that to myself. But we got plenty more to talk about. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns does not play. Kyle Anderson fills in. How did that go for the Wolves tonight? We'll discuss that next after a word. This episode of the Locked On Wolves postcast is brought to you by Better Health. Uh, better help excuse me now right now to my left over here there's a pile of presents a pile of gifts and i've been rapping during the timberwolves game uh excited to exchange those with my family tomorrow but whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays you get to define how you give to yourself and the holidays are a great time to do that so maybe you have considered therapy you've thought about going at some point uh maybe new year's resolution you want to start doing that uh, you can begin that with better help. And there's a lot of positivity associated with it. I've been to it and it's a really positive experience as well. You can work through a lot of stuff just talking to people. If you're thinking of starting, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. And in this season of giving, give yourself what you need with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. Back on the Locked On Wolves postcast. Wolves win 110 98. He's Jack Borman. I'm Sam Ekstrom. No Carl Anthony Towns tonight. And we were worried about Cat because there wasn't much of an update after the Lakers game ruled out tonight with left knee soreness. So, of all the diagnoses, that seems fairly mild. And we probably don't have to hit the panic button too hard. I guess we'll wait and see on that. But no Cat tonight. Kyle Anderson fills in. 
Kyle Anderson ha- has been struggling. And I think you cautioned this going into the season, Jack, that when you're coming off a career year shooting, you might be due for some regression. Well, he's really regressed shooting the, uh, the basketball. Still does a lot of other stuff well. But I thought that he actually settled in a little bit in, in a starting role tonight, got some more minutes, some more opportunities. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, just just before before we get into slow-mo, I mean, I was in the locker room after the game, after the Lakers game, and, and Carl was not walking with any type of limp. Um, he was in really good spirits. He was getting treatment on that that left thigh, lower left thigh, kind of where the thigh meets the knee um, in the treatment room after the game and was in, in good spirits. And I think a lot of people were kind of panicking, but um, there was no panic in that that locker room. Saw several different, you know, Timberwolves executives were in great moods after that game. I, I can't imagine they would have been in, in good moods after the game if, if Carl was was hurt, you know, in any serious way. Um, but yeah, I mean, with slow-mo, the great thing about slow-mo is, is you know, he, he really tries to get to his spots on the floor and he knows he's not shooting the ball very well. So he's just not um, you know, he's not wasting possessions by trying to shoot himself out of it, right? He's not a, you know, it's it's very different if Troy Brown Jr. was shooting, you know, 27% from three or something like that. And he's a shooter and you want to try to see him shoot his way out of it. But, you know, for Kyle, I thought one of the, the better possessions for him was he passed up an open corner three early in the fourth quarter uh, and just walked, I think it was Kevin Herter down to the block and scored. Um, you know, right kind of as the shot clock was expiring. And that's something that he's totally going to be able to do, right? Like no one's going to try to double Kyle Anderson in the corner. Um, and if teams try to hide a, a, you know, a weaker defender on him, trying to sag off of him, that's something that he's going to be able to do. Um, had another really important um, little right-hand hook floater uh, right at the end of the shot clock, uh, right after Mike Conley came in when the Kings were really at the peak of their run. I think it was 17-2 at that point. Um, and again, he's just a guy where, um, you know, I think he he just knows how to make smart plays when the game demands it. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm personally not really worried about the shooting because, you know, we saw what he did in, in Memphis and in San Antonio. He's just not really his game. Um, and I think he totally understands that he's not trying to you know play outside of himself. And that's the that's the great thing about it. And, you know, I think it was really you know fun to see slow mo kind of be back to his, you know, last year self in terms of how impactful he was now that he kind of had a longer leash and was playing um, with the starters. I think he plays really well with that, that starting group. And they obviously have some, some leftover chemistry, at least the, the Edwards McDaniels, um, Anderson Gobert, um, you know, group of four there. So fun to see him play well. And, and, you know, the hope is that, you know, if Carl does miss another game or two, um, you know, you feel pretty good about about slow mo back in there, given the uh, given the upcoming opponents they have, and and how much familiarity he has with with all these guys. Yeah, I think it made sense to hold Cat out with two days off after this, so you hold him out one game. You basically get, basically get five days for him to nurse whatever it is that's ailing him. Might have thought it was going to be a big Nas game in Cat's stead, and Nas was pretty quiet. Just six points for him. It really was all about the starting five tonight bench was average for the wolves only 13 points i think combined also you know occasionally i lose my mind on this show thank you to tony in the comments ant had 34 i think i might have said he had 27 that's uh you that's did. my mistake i'm i'm not i'm not above uh admitting when i make just a, a boneheaded error um but carl anthony towns out tonight doesn't matter wolves still win by 12 rudy huge ant huge mike conley though i mean can we have the obligatory Mike Conley appreciation question to you, Jack Borman, because it's every game like Jim Pete talking about timely shots, little spurts when they need it, uh, a transition run out when they need it. And he flirts with a triple double tonight, 12, nine and seven. 
Uh, the guy is unbelievable. He doesn't take time off. What an asset to this team. I don't think there's any Timberwolves player that I can think of that I can remember in my conscious fandom that makes me feel safer than Mike Conley does. Um, <laughs> when he's on the floor, I just it just feels like the Timberwolves aren't going to lose because um, he just, you know, outside of two, two, I mean, pretty weak turnovers he had, he'd be the first to tell you that in the first quarter. He was lights out the whole night. Um, and he just has such a good sense for when, um, you know, when to get up those threes in key moments, like you're talking about a lot of times it's in the slot in transition. He likes that kind of hop step after he catches it into a, into a slot three and, and he's shooting over 55% from the corners, which has been great, uh, from three point land this season or, or right around 55%. And, um, you know, I think the more threes that he takes, like the better off the Timberwolves are. Um, and I think it goes so much deeper than, um, than the pick and roll playmaking that he has, I think. Uh, the more, you know, just the more aggressive he is in general, I think the Timberwolves welcome that, especially on a night where you don't have Carl Anthony Towns. And um, I just think that the the Timberwolves becoming, you know, not just a better than average offensive team, but a top 10, you know, really, really solid offensive team is, you know, getting nights like you did for Mike Conley tonight and Jaden McDaniels with the three or the two of them combined for, you know, 32 points on what is this six of 16 from deep? I mean, you'll take that every single night, um, you know, when, when you can get it. And I, I just think that uh, an aggressive Mike Conley is, is the best Mike Conley. And um, there were quite a few possessions too, where he really did a good job moving his feet and, um, you know, and cutting off the first drives that, uh, that some of the Sacramento uh, guards wanted to, wanted to take. So uh, just another great game from him and uh, a great example of, uh, you know, how, how much of a slam dunk that trade was when you consider you know, how Nikhil played defense on De'Aaron Fox, how Mike Conley was awesome tonight, and D'Angelo Russell was benched and came off came off the bench for the Lakers tonight. So um, just another night where you're you're very grateful that, that the Timberwolves somehow swung that trade. There has been some concern I've seen, and it's in the comments tonight a little bit too, about overworking Mike Conley. Do you see that as a problem? I don't, frankly. Um, you know, Chris Finch has talked a lot this season about how he's, you know, been pretty blunt and honest with Mike Conley and had has had really direct, open conversations about, uh, you know, the workload that he's had this season and the fact that, you know, he said the other night uh, after the Lakers game, because I think that was the second night of a back-to-back where, you know, Mike has told him that he wants to play the second nights of back-to-backs because he feels like he plays better. Uh, he was awesome in that game down in Phoenix, even though it was a scheduled loss. Uh, and he played really well against the Lakers the other night. Um, and, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for Mike that, you know, I've spoken with him in the past, he, you know, talking about the wear and tear comes just how much, like with uh, with going over screens, right, and getting screened. That's really the only type of contact that he's taking because he's not, you know, driving in, you know, drawing fouls at the rim, all that type of stuff. It, it you know, he does a great job of, of reducing the wear and tear where hopefully it's mostly just kind of cardio um, for him in terms of, you know, how his body's holding up and whether it's just, you know, progressive fatigue and things of that nature. But, um, you know, I'm not concerned about it because he knows his body, you know, as well as, you know, anyone would, you know, being in the league, what is it, 16, 17 years now. Um, so I think if he needs a blow, he needs a night off. Um, he's totally going to, going to come forward and be like, Hey man, I, I feel like I just need one. And, um, and he obviously knows, I mean, he, he he's, you know, in the, the twilight of his career and wants to be able to win a, t- a championship. And I don't think that he's going to do anything, um, you know, physically that's going to jeopardize that. You know, I don't think he's going to, you know, waste all of his energy, um, you know, in, in December and January and February, uh, when he's got, you know, May and June on his mind. So, 
Uh, I think we'll see him him rest a little bit more that the second half of the season just to ensure that he's fresh. But I also think that, you know, he, he's really enjoying playing basketball right now and wants to kind of help keep this thing rolling as best he can. Thunder, Mavs, and Lakers next on the slate after Christmas. We'll talk about what's ahead as we roll on on the Locked on Wolves postcast. Daily fantasy sports is fun when you do it the right way. You want to do it with prize picks. That's the largest daily fantasy platform in North America. You're not competing with like a thousand sharks in a gigantic pool where you're not going to survive. Uh, you're just competing against the numbers more than or less than anywhere from two to six stat projections. And you watch the winnings roll in. So tonight, maybe you had under Josh Allen passing yards and over Rudy Gobert points. Yeah. You can do cross sport when you uh, play with prize picks. You can also have a re uh, reboot policy. So if there's an injury in the first half of the game, prize picks will reboot the player that exited. It is the only injury insurance policy uh, on any daily fantasy sports platform, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm telling you, it is easy. It is fun. Go to prizepix.com right now slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prize picks. All right, rolling on with the Locked On Wolves postcast. He's Jack Borman, Candace Hoopis. I'm Sam Ekstrom, part of the crew here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Luke Inman uh, should be back for that game on Tuesday as the Wolves take on the Thunder once again. That is back at home. Or no, I'm sorry, that's on the road. And you know, the Wolves, for all that's been made about their home record, Jack, the road record's 10-5. and five. I mean, they've got wins at Miami, at Dallas, a couple times against Golden State, in New Orleans. They've got some great road wins on their resume, and if they go to New Orleans and win uh, after two days rest, that would be another one right there. Yeah, playing in Oklahoma City would be a would be a great win. Oklahoma City, thank you, thank you. Would be it would be a great win considering uh, you know where they're at in the standings, and um, you know, and that place is is certainly shown its ability to be, to be a great home arena. You know, when we when we saw the you know the early OKC days when they were you know a, a perennial deep playoff team, and you know it's important to note too, like Josh Giddy. Um, hurt his leg uh, a couple nights ago and, and did not play uh, in their loss to the Lakers tonight. So they may be without him. Um, Jalen Williams, um, the guard Jalen Williams also uh, tweaked an ankle in that game, but he did play tonight in that game. So uh, again, it'll just be another great opportunity for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and, and Jaden McDaniels to continue the momentum that they built uh, in the fourth quarter tonight. Um, the, the two of them combined to hold De'Aaron Fox uh, scoreless on 0-6 shooting on the fourth quarter tonight, which was obviously huge. And, you know, Shea Gilders Alexander, another, um, you know, superstar point guard that can, that can totally get it done. And um, just a, another good opportunity for those guys to, um, to continue to build. And then again, um, Thursday, when, when we're back home at target center um, playing against the, the Mavericks um, with, with Luca coming into town. So um, I, I'm just really excited to see, um, you know, the Timberwolves continue to kind of get some national respect here right around the holidays with, um, you know, with kind of the, the, the point of the season, I guess, where, you know, people kind of start to take these teams for real, um, you know, after you know, we have a 25, 30 ish game sample now of all these teams, it's, it's you know almost half the season where I think everyone starts to um, 
followed the NBA a little bit more as the NFL season kind of starts to wind down here a little bit. Um, so it's, it'll be really fun to kind of see where the where the Timberwolves can net out. And I think I've seen that the last two seasons, the team um, after at the at the Christmas point of the season or the Christmas or after New Year's, um, the team that's been first in the West has gone to the finals. So um, should mm -hmm. be should be really fun to see where. Um, you know where this Timberwolves team can can go. Um, you know now that they'll you know, hopefully be the the number one team in the West here at the turn of the new year. Yeah, the Wolves are twenty two and six, two and a half clear of Denver, who's getting hot right now. Denver's won four in a row. They're tied with the Celtics for the best record in the National Basketball Association. But you know the Wolves started a seventeen game stretch. I want to say Jack, where every team they played was five hundred or better or in playoff position. Another way to look at it. And they've got eight left in that stretch. I want to say they're seven and two in the first nine. I mean, the Wolves have the Wolves have proven time and time again that they're legit. I mean, tonight, another shining example. There's no doubt about it. There's not an ounce of fraudulence to this team. So you've got eight games to go in this gauntlet of a stretch, which is by far your toughest part of the schedule of the year, right? Once you clear that, let's conservatively say they go five and three. You're 27 and nine. Then you hit the easy part of the schedule, and if you are remotely healthy, I mean, it's it's not unrealistic to start projecting win totals for this team. You don't want to put the cart before the horse because you don't know who's going to get hurt at any time, but then you can really get creative with where this team could go. Once you come out of this stretch, it's going to lighten up a lot. Yeah, no question about it. I think uh, I saw today or yesterday that the Timberwolves had the fourth easiest schedule remaining uh, in in the NBA. Um, don't totally quote me on that, but um, yeah, I, I think that you know the biggest thing again, and we've talked about it on the basketball party as well, is like the, the best thing about the Timberwolves starting twenty two and six right now is if they went uh, you know five hundred for the rest of the season, they'd be roughly forty eight and thirty four, uh, which would no question. Uh, have the Timberwolves hosting a first round playoff series and would probably have you in conversation for that one, one seed, two seed, considering how, um, you know, how strong the competition has been in the Western conference. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we've all been really excited to see what this Timberwolves team looks like against some of these more fully loaded, um, you know, playoff squads, just because there are, there were quite a few games where the Timberwolves played opposing teams that, that didn't have their stars or, or one of their, one of the few stars not playing. Um, and obviously the Timberwolves can't control that, but, um, you know, the fact that you're able to you're able to win uh, two out of three on the road against Miami, Philadelphia and Sacramento with, you know, those teams pretty much um, at full strength in terms of all the key guys playing. Uh, that's a great stretch. Uh, and if you want to also include Dallas in that, you know, three of four, that's that's awesome. Um, and, and I have no no doubt in my mind that they'll beat Oklahoma City. I think Carl Anthony Towns should be back for that game. We'll see. But um, even without him, I, I just think that they match up really, really well for Oklahoma City. OKC has really struggled with size this year. It's another opportunity for Rudy Gobert. He, he really pumped Chet Holmgren in that first matchup at Target Center. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, he'll want to build on a, on a great performance tonight, especially with with a couple of days to think about it here and, and, and want to come out with that same that same fire. So really excited to see what this Timberwolves team can, can do now, um, you know, playing playing a few teams uh, for the first time in, in Houston and Orlando and, and that game at Boston. Um, in a couple of weeks should be should be really, really fun as well. Well, blown away once again by the number of people in this room right now in this chat. It's almost midnight central time. What are you all doing? 
Thank you for watching live in the Locked on Wolves postcast. If you trickled in late, you can rewind us. You can go back and watch us after the fact. We're available on the YouTube channel, Locked on Sports Minnesota, and the audio goes up both in the Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast feed and the Locked on Wolves audio feed. You can hear Ben Beacon breaking it all down with that daily show. He'll have an in-depth episode, I'm sure, about this Kings game coming up. Um, I'm going to make a call here, Jack, in closing. I don't think the Wolves are, are going to be idle on Christmas next year. I got a feeling that they are going to be playing on Christmas, um, maybe for the foreseeable future. They are not, however, this year. So enjoy your Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Is there a, a holiday tradition that you are either dreading or anticipating for the next couple of days? I, I, you know, I thankfully no, nothing that I'm dreading. Um, <laughs> you know, I always enjoy watching. I always enjoy watching the a couple NBA nightcap games after dinner. Um, you know, once we kind of get back from, from being with family, but, um, you know, it's pretty much all with, with my mom's side of the family for, for both nights. So, um, so a ton of people that we don't get to see all the time. So it's always, always fun to have a, have a ton of family in town and, um, have both my sisters back around, which is, is always fun. So, um, yeah, I'd very much welcome though. Um, you know, a departure from, from some of the family time, if that meant hosting a, a Christmas day game at, at Target Center next year, it'd be kind of a fun tradition to start. Um, so yeah, the, the 60 to one championship ticket, pretty fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to a, a ticket myself for, for the Wolves to be the number one seed in the West, um, which would be, uh, which would be a, a great cash as well. Dolphins Wolves title parlay. That's what I'm banking on. That's, uh, <laughs> Going to need gonna need a little help on the NFL side. But uh, that's the Locked on Wolves postcast for tonight. Thank you all for the comments. Thank you for watching live and those that watch, watch back on replay. He's Jack Borman, does great work at Canis Hoopus. I'm Sam Ekstrom, trying my best to fill in for Luke Inman. He does this pretty much every night. He does it for Vikings as well. So tomorrow afternoon, uh, it's Luke, it's me, it's Ron Johnson doing Locked on Vikings postcast as well. So more than just Wolves here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, Big thanks once again, and we will talk to you next time on the Locked On Wolves postcast. See ya.